So we've been looking at this subject of altars, altars, and the role an altar plays in the life of a Christian. Amen. And we are talking on the subject of altars because we are trying to solve, find a solution to a puzzle that confronts all of us as born-again Christians. We all know about the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. We've all spoken about all the blessings that God has in store for us. We've all made one level of declaration or the other, believing God for certain tangible manifestations of God's presence and power in our life. But in reality, most of the time, we don't see these things take place in our lives. And, and, and we are tempted to question God or sometimes question ourselves. Uh, have I done anything wrong for which God is not minding me? Uh, what went wrong? Is God not paying attention to me? What did I do wrong? What did my parents do wrong? What did my grandfather, what did he do wrong for which I am going through this challenge in my life? Amen. Uh, I vividly recall when one day Dr. Tete came and said that, what at all did we do wrong for which we are battling this level of battle at this level? You know, sometimes the most challenging thing is that you put your hand on somebody, instant miracle. You open your mouth to make a declaration, somebody picks a breakthrough. You, you just stretch your hands, people are falling under the power of God. And when it comes to very intimate, personal issues in your life, you go on your knees, you cry, and as if your prayers will hit a sealed roof and bounce back on your head. Sometimes you are tempted to ask yourself, where is the God in whom we trust? You come to that place. You are tempted to ask those questions. And I say, you are not the first person to do that. David asked that question. He said, God, why should the wicked prosper? Why? You are doing everything right. When he talks about holiness, you are the holiest brother on the block. You are living straight on the narrow path. Then sometimes somebody you know is a ruffian, I mean, a classical sinner. The thing you are asking God to do for you, that God will not do it for you, the same sinner will not even ask. But he will see the manifestation of those things in his life. Who has ever been there before? And, and, and sometimes you are tempted to ask God a lot of questions. I said here the other day, uh, uh, somebody said, Bishop, this one, hmm, you are pouring your heart to. And I said, sometimes you need to pour your heart out so that con the congregation members will know that you are not an angel. You also battle the same things they battle, only that you have a certain level of confidence in God's grace and in God's word that if God says he will do it, he will, he will bring it to pass in your life. You fight the same battles. I'm telling somebody, I told you that. I have a driver. He has named a son after me. I paid his school fees from the day he was born. God will not come to church, but every 31st night, he knows where to locate me. I thank God I moved here. He doesn't know this place, so I've saved myself some trouble. He will come and collect enough money for the school fees. 
I had a house help, a nice gentleman. He ended up working here. One day I was there, Philip said that, oh, Bishop, Papa, send a wakuma, God will bless you. Philip rented a house around Alaju. And one day the landlord decided to increase the electricity bill. So he told the landlord, I won't pay the electricity bill. There was an argument. Then he beat his landlord. Philip beat his landlord. So for two weeks he won't come to work. And I said, Philip, then I say, I say, Master, Bishop, now we were feeling a landlord. What will electricity move? Me cannot come because I said, I'm a boom, landlord. I said, What? I said, I'm a boom, 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 I'm a so how to say, Philip, me power with you. Boss, you know, yes, you know, you have to call ring money, you have to pay your car, you have to find money, and landlord will feel, you will be true. That is feeling for you. A man with a sincere heart, one day he said, ah, Bishop, we pay what's going on, you say, that's it. I say, my good baba, come in now to your friend, I say, quick. Or a nice boy. I say, Philip, what is the deal? I say, me, my good, I'm going to go back. I understood it. So I started paying school. In fact, in his case, I started paying when the woman was pregnant. Isaac Quay. Isaac Quay is a nice boy. Very fair. One day I was here, he brought Isaac Quay, his wife. I said, Me catch, who show an in? Show an in, not show an in. Who shows up? I said, Philip, or send me. Or send me. Or so, or your cocotte, he said, Who was within my watch? Why are they? I'm paying the school fees. And I keep on asking myself, How come that sometimes those who love children, and can afford to take care of them, and can afford to show them love. They are believing God for 12, because my daddy has seven, so I wanted to go ahead of him and have 12, I mean 12, six boys, six girls. Sit inside, hallelujah. I mean, oh, you have to buy a truck. If you feel like the school fees is becoming too much, start a nursery school and employ two teachers. Finish. I had great plans. But you believe God and cry, ah, sometimes you are tempted to ask yourself, God, tell me what went wrong. And the same people, also for some time, you go to meetings, you say, praise the Lord. I was in Takrade at a crusade. One woman came and said, a bishop, I said, what? I am looking for a baby. I said, baby, you want baby, you get. In the name of Jesus, take it. Within the span of seven years, she had about four or five children. I went back to Bishop Rachel Matisse's church. He said, Master, Bishop, can I see you one-on-one? -on -one? I said, Sir, I want you to pray for me. I said, you again. He said, this time pray for me that I will not be pregnant again because the babies are coming too much. And the same person you lay hands, you want some. Sometimes you are confronted with some of those raw realities of life. And in the midst of all that storm, you have to come to church every Sunday laughing and smiling. Oh, praise the Lord. How are you? Glory be to God. Is God, I mean, is everything okay? Are you okay, Bishop? My God, oh, God take care of you. And sometimes congregation members forget that you are also a human being battling 
your own battles. And what preachers want to say, ah, Bishop, I, I, I did not like the way you preached this morning, so I am not coming to church again. And you say, oh, God, I did my best. I went through sleepless nights trying to pray to be a blessing to somebody. I did my best. Can you imagine a congregation of PADs, civil engineers, chartered accountants, everybody together, and then somebody who has never sat in the classroom before, and you wake up 3 a.m. and you are trying to put your thoughts and ideas together, how am I supposed to communicate to let the PAD person understand what I'm saying and to also let the person who has never been to school before appreciate what I want to put across? It is not about the content of the message, but how to communicate it to bring a blessing to the people. So to some of them, you have to share a little joke. And the joke you share is the only way you can communicate to them. Bishop, now they joke. I want to touch somebody. The person or the grammar and the theology makes no sense to him. Coming up with a, with a joke at his level, that will make him laugh, is the only way you can register that truth on the mind of that individual. And you go through that. Hallelujah. I'm giving you a bit of this personal things to let you know you are not alone in that boat. You are not alone in it. The pain you are going through, you are not alone in that pain. The confusion knocking your head, you are not alone in that confusion. Don't give up, don't throw in the towel, don't quit. You are not alone in that struggle. You are not alone in it. Ah, Bishop, I woke up this morning, I didn't have a saint in my pocket. You are not alone there. If God will open your eyes to the number of people who woke up today with their bank balance in red, you clap your hands and thank God that at least you have a thousand CDs in your bank accounts. You are not alone there. I'm telling you, you are not alone. Hallelujah. I, I, I was sharing a testimony at the first service. I came here Wednesday night. Wednesday night, teaching. Teaching the word. And, and after service, my name said Reverend uh, uh, Isaac Godric came and said, Oh, Bishop, uh, the new notes from Bank of Ghana, the new notes uh, I'm at the bank, I gave you some. So he gave me an envelope, 1,000 Ghana cities. I still have some in my pocket, so I've chopped some. I still have some. They're beautiful. These ones, you don't give it to people. Uh, I have it, so I have some friends. I say, Everybody, take, uh, take 10 cities. Everybody, I'm giving it to you. Because when you give, shaking, Press down, running over city. But guess what God did? Three people have called me that afternoon. They want me to bless them. One went to a prayer camp to pray somewhere. And when she finished praying, she realized that she ran out of money. So she wants me to send her money to finish her prayer, leave the prayer camp at the Dufa to come to Accra. So I said, Dufa in Accra, if I give you 50 cities. He said, no, 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 no. When I get to the... Condition, I will have to come to my house with dropping everything. I saw how much 120, so I wrote it down. Somebody said, Tell a bishop, I mean, I have to go and buy this medicine 200. I wrote it. Somebody, oh, bishop, tell it. And you see, sometimes when they are speaking truth, you know, and when distress and pain is causing them to devise strategy to collect your money to you, you know, whichever way, sometimes you just want to go beyond their faults 
and see their needs. So I wrote it down. I had about 600 Ghana cities thinking of how I'm going to send that money to them. Boom! I had a miracle. 1,000. God knows how you feel at every given point in time. And God will always make a way to meet you somehow, some way at the point of your need. I, I came here today to talk to somebody's heart that you are not alone. You are not alone where you are. Don't let the devil ever deceive you into thinking that you are the only one going through the pain you are going through. There are several people going through worse pains than that. The difference between you, the one crying, and the one laughing is the individual's confidence in God's ability to pull him out of that mess. The challenge is the same, but I know that my Redeemer liveth. And if I call on God at the right time, God will show up to make a way for me. There seems to be no way. I know God will do it. So instead of me crying, I keep on praising God. I keep on giving him glory. I keep on thanking him. I keep on dancing. I keep on giving. I keep on laughing. Not because I am not going through a pain, but because I know that my God will see me through that mess. That is the only difference. That is the only difference. Amen. That is the only difference. And I'm saying that in order for you to engage the attention of God in the midst of your storms, we must all learn how to build an altar. Build an altar. An altar is an exalted place of worship where divinity meets humanity. An altar is a place of divine point of contact where sacrifices are rendered to God and worship are surrendered to a higher deity in our context to God. I spoke about seven altars in the Bible. In the Garden of Eden, there was an altar where God met Adam. Then in Genesis 4, an altar where Abel rendered a sacrifice to God. In Genesis chapter 8, an altar where Noah presented a sacrifice to God. Abraham presented Four levels of altars to God. Four levels of altars. In the life of Abraham alone, four levels of altars. Uh, an altar of no return, an altar of dedication, different levels of, of altar. David rendered an altar to the Lord. Jacob presented an altar to the Lord. They did all these various altars. Jesus Christ became a living altar to us who are members of the new covenant. And I said, one of the altars you have to build as a Christian is an altar of prayer where on daily basis you meet your God face to face. You cut off every human being and say, this is the time I need to talk to my God. It could be meet deep in the midnight hours or, 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 or it could be a certain day, but you must have a specific time where you said everything must stop. Everything must stop. I need to talk to my God. I need to talk to my God. It is a time of deep communion. It's a time that I stand before God naked. Oh, I say, if you learn to stand before God naked, you will stand before men clothed in glory and in blessing. Stand before God naked and say, Lord, here am I. 
do what you want to do with my life. It is no longer I. It, 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 it is not about me, but God, it is about you. Amen. And today, in five minutes, about ten minutes, I want us to talk about building family altars. Building family altars. Don't forget, an altar is a place of sacrifice. An altar is a place of worship. An altar is where divinity meets humanity. Apart from building personal altars, you must learn to build family altars. Dr. Tete, I've studied the Old Testament. I realize that any time God is dealing with an individual, he goes beyond the individual into seeing generations after that individual and into seeing the extended family, the nucleus family. What happened to Achan, for example? When Achan sinned against God and God spoke to um, Joshua about it, he was the one who committed the sin, but his whole family were all killed. His whole family, everybody was killed. In Acts chapter 16, the Bible said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, you and your household. So your actions has a family implications, for want of a better word. Amen. Your actions or inactions have family implications. Maybe it might not get to you, but anytime you want to act the fool, don't only think about yourself, think about your family. Jesus Christ is the firstborn of many brethren. When Jesus gave that sacrifice, we all came into a certain level of blessing. I'm talking about we learning to build family altars. I'm not going to give you the time range, but even if it is once a week, as a father who is a high priest or the priest or the pastor over that family, as a father who is a pastor over that family, you should be able at least once in a week bring all your children together if they are within range, if they are not, today technology can let you stay in Ghana and still deal with your child in Azerbaijan. It is doable. And say, if it is only 20 minutes, at this time, we as a family, we come around the table of worship and we let worship and sacrifice on behalf of each and every one of us who consists, who constitute, or who consists, or who consists, or whatever term it is, this family. I want all of us to come together. Sometimes take an offering, not because you have a need, but say, Lord, I'm lifting this offering and I'm sowing it as a seed on the altar of God on behalf of my family that what the other family members went through, that thing will not happen to my nucleus family. You must learn to build family altars. Do it. There might be certain consistent negative trends in your general family. I gave you several examples. Consistent negative trends ah, in your family. Some people in your families, no, no man has ever been able to marry one woman before. It, it doesn't happen. And it must change. Some sacrifices must speak. Some altars must be created to reverse that negative altar. You go to the book of Judges. Bible said that, and when 
God came and the angels spoke to Gideon. He said, destroy the altars of Baal in your father's house, but build another altar for Jehovah God. Build another altar for Jehovah God. You see, if you understand some of these things, your generosity will go through the roof. Amen. Your generosity will go through the roof. You are doing it because you are using something tangible to set in motion something spiritual on your behalf. You bring an end to some of those challenges in your life. Family altars must be built for, 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 for your is it, is it nucleus family. For your nucleus family, a father, a mother, your children, find a time. I, I was doing this in church and, and a lot of people did not understand it. Every 31st December, I will say that before you enter into the new year, all children go to your fathers. And let your father pronounce blessings over your life. People did not understand the revelation in what I'm trying to do. Every year, a new family altar must be ignited within this family for the protection of yourself, for the protection of your spouses, and for the protection of your children. And that declaration must come from the lips of the one who is the head of that union. Amen. Oh, amen. You need to understand that. There's a certain level of altar. We call it a covenant altar that we build. God told Abraham, anyone who blesses you shall be blessed. And anyone who curses you shall be cursed. So I can say that I am going to enter into a covenant with Dr. Tete. I am taking a seed at every given point in time. I want to sow this seed not to you, but into the anointing of God upon your life as a covenant arrangement between me, your God, and the anointing of God upon your life. That in the midst of every storm, may the God who called you remember me and fight on your behalf or on my behalf. People don't understand that. And let me tell you something. Anything... The devil attacks so strongly, watch it. It is something that we need to do more in the church. Can I say that again? Anything the devil attacks, the fearest in the church, is something that we need to do more in the church because the devil will never attack anything that is not biting him and that is not hurting his kingdom. Many attacks have we not received about tithing in the church today? Somebody has his own money, and according to God's word, the person is paying tithe for the advancement of the kingdom of and, and for his personal blessings. Said theologians want to fight it. Ha. One of my sons came and said to him, I said, What is it? He said, my wife came crying you. And I said, why? He said, because I bought a car for a young man of God. I felt like so I bought him a car. And my wife came crying. How can you do that? You take our money to go and buy a car. And he said, hold on. 
woman, won't you thank God that I did not take money and secretly bought a car for my girlfriend of a woman somewhere who is my girlfriend that I'm sailing with. But I bought a car to advance the work of the kingdom and you are crying. Woman, wipe off your tears. I am doing this for you and for your children because it is a seed I am sowing that your children will benefit from it. She kept quiet. Anything the enemy attacks most is something we have to do more in the church. I am praying that this congregation will come to that place where you will understand how to raise living altars before God. And he said, God, I am bringing, bringing the sacrifice before you. It is not about the seed, but it is about the spirit of sacrifice and, and recognizing in your heart that it is God who gave you the power to get wealth. God told Israel, when, when, when you are blessed and you are anointed and you get everything, don't forget that it is the Lord who gives the power to get wealth. Anytime you live your life as a Christian with that understanding that everything I have, the source of my blessing is God, your attitude will change. Praise the Lord. I believe you've been blessed by this message for the next seven Sundays. I'll be teaching on how you can see a raw manifestations of God's power in your life. How you can position yourself for your prayers to be answered. How you can move into realms of the miraculous interventions of God's power. Dear friend, do make it a point and join me at Word of Life Christian Center, Cathedral of Hope, Manetco Junction on the Sprinters Road. You just call me 0208-525-001 and we'll direct you to the place. My name is Pastor Isaacwe and I'm personally inviting you to come and experience these supernatural encounters of God's power. Do come and your life and destiny will never be the same. God bless you.